Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, we are back on Ayers on the Road, on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we today, Linda? We are in one of the most beautiful cities of the world, New York City. And uh, we are having a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how long you've been listening to Ayers on the Road, but you should know that Richard Iyer is addicted to tennis. And so he plays about five times a a week. And we are uh, here for the U.S. Open secondarily to our families who are here. We have two families who live in New York City. Um, One actually is here. One is gone until the weekend. But um, I just went up and had a lovely breakfast with um, four little darling children and a mom and dad and uh, just arrived back. It is so fun to be here. Our two youngest sons live in the city and we love coming to see them and we love watching tennis. But I think you are as addicted to tennis as I am in terms of watching tennis. I do really like to watch tennis. I am really miserable playing tennis. Um, I'm just not athletic. My mother was an athlete of the world, and my sister does well. And I'm just a klutz when it comes uh, it's not to athletics. True. I think I think you'd have been a good runner. I think you are a good runner. I have spent some time when we go jogging this together, week. and you're a good speed walker. When we oh, go out you. exercising together, Linda walks as fast as I can run. Well, well, as fast as I do run. Yes, as you I'm, do I'm run. one of the last of the real actual joggers, you know. There aren't joggers anymore. People say I'm going running. That We used to say I'm going jogging, and I, yeah. I still kind of do that. Yeah, there. you do. But anyway, <laughs> New York City is one of our favorite places. Um, we've had kids here off and on for 15, 18, maybe 20 years and so we've been here often and we love it. And today I just took a quick taxi ride up to our uh, friend's house. And on the way home just now to do the show, my taxi driver was the most delightful man who was 77, he said. Oh, really? Yes. And he had he was one of four, the youngest of 14 oh children. Oh, my gosh. Where was he from? New Orleans. New Orleans. Ten wow. boys. Four girls. You met one of the few sort of um, born in the USA taxi drivers in all of New York City. And one of the few who was born by midwife. His mother never went to the hospital. Oh, my goodness. It was so fun. I did, I'm sorry the ride ended. but One thing about traveling with Linda is you get to know a lot of people because Linda finds out about everyone she meets. And there's always interest in people. Well, you've got to admit that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. That's amazing. So it is well, always great to I'm, be here. But I'm going to say our, our history goes way back in New York City. This is where I served my first mission for the LDS Church as a 19-year-old. And interestingly, it was in the year when the World's Fair was out in Flushing Meadows in Queens. And uh, one of our sons, who's kind of our historian and the guy who takes care, thank goodness we've got someone that kind of takes care of our records and our photos and so on. And 
he sent me a picture just the day before yesterday when we got here of me standing in front of the Unisphere as a 19-year-old at the World's Fair. And, of course, where they hold the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament is right there. The Unisphere, is, you see it from the tennis stadium right there. It's I mean, the it's biggest just, world globe in the world if you don't know about the Unisphere. It's absolutely magnificent. So I haven't shown you this, Linda, but I went out there and recreated that photo, stood in the same spot that I was when I was 19 years old, and took a selfie. A selfie? <laughs> <laughs> so oh. you're going to see it. That is so fun. Anyway, um, maybe some of you don't like New York. We should probably go on. Maybe some of you don't care about tennis. (laughs) So why are you listening? No. So, yeah, (laughs) let's go on. Um, Let's go on. We're excited to get into today's subject because it is the first week of the month. And on the first week of the month, what do we always do? We are always grateful. On the first, and <laughs> once a month, just, just once a month, really we great. turn our minds to being <laughs> grateful. But um, hopefully, we try to think of something every day. Uh, we want to thank all of you who've done this gratitude experiment with us all year long. Starting back in January, we we challenged ourselves and all of you to have a gratitude journal and to change it up a little every month, to to focus on a different kind of gratitude, if you will, a different approach to being thankful. And it's been so fun to do that. And this past month was kind of a tough one. You did way better on it than I did, honey. I had some writing deadlines and I kind of slipped up and I apologize to you. I I just had so much fun with that this month because the challenge was to every day write what your challenge was for the day. Instead of a gratitude. Yeah. What was your obstacle for the day? Uh, what did you have to deal with? And we still called it a gratitude. Because the idea is you, we, we need to learn to be thankful for the adversity we face for the obstacles. Well, and yeah, then, well, the, the, the title was, you know, what's the obstacle. And then the, the bottom part was, so what did you do about it? And how did that teach you something? And, and usually it, you you either overcome it or you embrace it. If there's something you can't overcome, you you embrace that obstacle, right? Right. And so I just found it was quite amazing. I had an obstacle every day, <laughs> every day. I mean, Sometimes some were bigger than others. Find. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was really re- remarkable to think for a few minutes about what I learned from that and how what I, how I could get past it and what happened. And every time it was a growing learning experience. Even on little things. Right. Even I lost a friend this week and, and well, listening to the funeral the biggest, biggest. Uh, this afternoon. And it really was amazing to really contemplate what do I learn from this? Um, and that's another whole show, but it really is awesome. Well, I, I was going to say it's easy to, when you're our age, it's easy to find an obstacle because we wake up every morning and look at each other and we say, what, what hurts on you today? You know, <laughs> and then and we try, we try to say, well, think of all the things that don't hurt today, you know, right. there's a lot more of them. And then we try to be a little grateful, but but being grateful for obstacles, for challenges is a pretty tricky thing. And it's not easy, but it is a beautiful and important pattern if we can start embracing 
the fact that we're in mortality. We, we chose this. We knew there'd be problems. We knew there'd be little problems and big. I want to read through yours and see how many of them are fairly little things and how many of them are enormous things like losing your one of your best friends yeah well it's always a mix but it really is uh interesting to contemplate that um believe me i'm taking every day as a blessing now i mean you think more about how much you have to grasp every single day and suck everything you can out of it so this month during the month of september we're going to challenge all of you to join with us in a little different twist on what uh, gratitude is. And we're going to focus on two of our very favorite words. Um, They both have 11 letters. They both start with S. One of the words is stewardship and the other word is serendipity. And we love those two words. They are they are words that we contemplate a lot. Stewardship as opposed to ownership. We really believe you don't own anything. Maybe your agency, maybe your own power of choice, but but nothing else. This world and everything in it belongs to God. We are here as stewards. And the word steward is so powerful because it implies responsibility and, and diligence and yet not ownership and and not pride and not any of those things that go with ownership. But you might say, well, what does that have to do with the gratitude journal? Well, this month, we're going to challenge you to find every day one thing that you are actually glad you don't control, because that's the nature of stewardship. We don't control things anywhere near as much as we think we do or wish we do. Things are in the control of a much higher power than we are. And serendipity, of course, means finding things you're not necessarily looking for because you're aware, you're in tune, you're, you're observant. And so this month, and you'll see this as we get into it a little further, you see how interest. This is going to be my favorite month. I I will not miss a day this month, honey, because this is so powerful. Finding things that you don't control and you're glad you don't control them. You didn't plan, but they happen. The little delights, the tender mercies, the serendipities of life, and also the things you know, that happen automatically every day that you don't control and you're, and you're glad you don't control. So you'll, you'll understand that as we get into it a little further. So let's begin. Let's begin, though. Let's back up for a minute and just talk with about a couple of quotes we, we really like. We always try to find quotes about gratitude. And let's use these to kind of lead into what we want to talk about today. So the first one is gratitude is a quality similar to electricity. I never thought about that. It must be produced and discharged and used up in order to exist at all. Isn't that That's interesting? really cool, William Faulkner. If you don't use it up, if you don't produce and discharge and use the electricity, it, it, it never existed. And that's that's how gratitude is. Gratitude doesn't it's not just there. It exists only when you find it and express it. Right. Wow. 
That's really cool. Here's another one. Gratitude shifts your focus from what your life lacks to the abundance that is already present. Wow. Maricela Fabregia is the is the author of that quote. I've never heard of her, but she's a smart woman because it is really amazing. Gratitude shifts your focus from what your life lacks to the abundance that's already present. You know, I was I was just writing a story about my childhood this week and about how we grew up with very little um, resources, very few resources. We were way below the poverty line, I'm sure, but we did not know it because we grew all of our food and we preserved things. And we, it meant just to make a long story short, we ate like kings. And I thought, what beautiful parents I had because there was never a scarcity mentality. It yeah, was always yeah, an, abundance an abundance mentality. Yeah. Anybody who walked in the door was welcome. We we're slathered with food and so on. It really is important to feel that way. Well, this next one by um, a man named W.J. Cameron kind of underscores the point you just made. It is truly, it is literally true, as the thankless say, that they have nothing to be thankful for. He who sits by the fire, thankless for the fire, is just as if there was no fire. Nothing is possessed save in appreciation of which thankfulness is the indispensable ingredient, but a thankful heart hath a continual feast. Oh, that That's is really so interesting. And so I want to read that first line again. It's literally true, as the thankless say, that they have nothing to be thankful for. Literally true. Because he who sits by a fire, thankless for the fire, is just as if he had no fire. I mean, thankfulness actually brings things into existence. It's a creative force. It's so fascinating. Right. And and here's one more from Shakespeare, from Othello, actually. The robbed that smiles steals something from the thief. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. The robbed that smiles steals something from the thief. Now, think about it. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, if you're not even sad about it, then it's just um, sad. (laughs) Those are just kind of a warm-up. Let's take a little break, Linda, and when we come back, we'll get into this special kind of gratitude that deals with things we can't control, things that are serendipity, things that are our stewardships. Uh, Hang on, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Talking about gratitude today because for us it happens to be the first um, week of the month. And that's when we always talk about how important it is to be grateful. All right, let's jump right into this, Linda. We often resist something that we should relish and be grateful for. It is the unexpected. We do. We often resist the Mm -hmm. unexpected. We don't want to be surprised. We don't want to have things come along that we can't control. But in fact, that's something we should relish and be grateful for, the unexpected. Surprise, well accepted, is the spice and savor of life. Not knowing where the river winds or where the day will take you is a reality that we might as well convert into a joy. 
and opposite, we often relish something that we should resist. It is a notion of ownership. We don't own anything except perhaps our agency. All else passes through our hands, owned only by God, and loaned to us on trial. You'll get the idea of this wonderful view of how how different ownership and stewardship sound pretty similar, but they're they're polar opposites. Because in ownership, we embrace the false notion that we own things and control them, right. and in stewardship, we go exactly a one eighty and and accept the fact that we own nothing and that we are stewards. So let's carry on here. As much as we might think we want to control, the best we can hope for is serendipity. And our misplaced pursuit of ownership converts with wisdom to stewardship. So together, these two 11-letter S words, serendipity and stewardship, give us a guided glimpse of divine gratitude. So serendipity and stewardship, like scripture, tell us to focus on watching and praying at least as much on work as on working and planning. Because along will come something better than what we thought we pursued. And while nothing is ours, all is given to us. I know it's a little dense. We have to think about that. But the idea that... uh, we live in a world where it's all about working and planning and getting things and scheming and having agendas and all those things are good. They all serve us well. We have to have them, but there's this other level where instead of the W and P word of working and planning, we're focusing on watching and praying with an understanding that nothing is ours, that it's all given to us, that we're stewards and with an understanding that we don't have control over most things, that we just have to appreciate them. And and the, the meaning of serendipity, for those of you that don't think about it every day like we do, is having this beautiful mental capacity to discover something better than that which we were seeking through our sagacity, our awareness, and our, our sensitivity and, and whatnot. So the real joy comes not just in the striving, but in the accepting. And sometimes just to leap and soar, trusting that you will land where you should. Oh, that's scary. You know, just jump into the unknown. We've all done that. I mean, it's schools starting all over the country, all over the world right now in September. And you're leaping into something that you have no idea what it is. We have two grandkids that are just let's see, four grandkids that are just starting college, but two are freshmen. And uh, wow, it's hard. That's one of the hardest things because you do not know what is ahead. And it's uncomfortable when you step step into something that you don't know what's going to happen. But wow, it is so amazing what you learn from those uncomfortable times. And a lot of you know that the it's an anonymous poem we've always loved that, uh, that says, I said to the man who stood at the gate of years, give me a light that I might step forth. And the voice came back to me, step out into the darkness and put your hand in mine, for that is better than a light and surer than a known way. 
Isn't that a beautiful thing? Wow, it is. We also have a darling granddaughter who's just become a missionary. She just arrived in Chile today. They were in Santiago. But somehow the things got crossed up, uh, the instructions got crossed up, but nobody was there to tell them what to do. Um, there was she a, stepped out into the unknown. That was that's really the unknown. She was with several other missionaries. Thank goodness, but um, they there were other missionaries who had people who had come to get them and give them food and so on. She said, "We just kind of ate the leftovers of those missionaries and waited for somebody <laughs> to tell us what to do." And I'm sure they've figured that out right now. But wow, that'll be the story for the rest of her life to share with her own family as uh, she was literally stepping out into the darkness and there was no one there right at the moment. And I think we've all been there at certain points in our lives. So I want to read you just a little more. We're we're reading, in case you're wondering, from a, a book we did a few years ago that we just love. We love to think about it because it's about gratitude. It's a book called The Thankful Heart, and it's been recently re-released as Daily thanks. Well, which is what we've been it talking is, about. It's our, it's our thankful journal. Yeah. Right? yeah. But um, let, let's push back on the working and planning. We, we really got into this W and P because there's such interesting, there's such a list of W and P words that mean, that sort of go with the ownership and with the control and with the worldly. And there's another set of W and P words that go with the more spiritual, the more serendipity, the more stewardship approach to life. So um, let's push back on the working and planning and the other worldly and posturing W and P words like worry and pursue wealth and power and even writing in prose to make room for a new gratitude freshened W and P set. Now listen to these W and P words that, that go toward this this stewardship and the serendipity. Watch and pray, wander and ponder, wonder and probe, worship and praise, waken and perceive, wait and procrastinate. <laughs> selectively. Sometimes it's an art to be able to put off the things that don't really matter. Way and perspective, wisdom and peace, watching and poetry. Then, like a steward, we'll begin to see serendipity. Then, like a baby, we will crawl pleasantly into the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things the Savior meant when he said, be as a little child. Yeah, crawling pleasantly into the unknown. <laughs> and and, and, and want, wondering and, and being refreshed and being surprised and being able to take things in, you know, yeah. like a it's, baby. It's so interesting because every day is full of that. Even when you just get in a taxi, you never know what the person's going to be. The guy that took me down there, yeah. up there was kind of grumpy. Oh, was he? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh you had the two different he didn't ones. Know, yeah. He didn't know exactly. Uh, he wanted a street number. I said, oh, oh, yeah, I got it. So anyway, we got them, <clears throat> but not a word. And then the guy on the way back, you just get into this cabin. You have no idea who this person is going to be that's taking you somewhere, and you hopefully he'll take you to where you want to go. <laughs> um, but we had such a delightful time on the way back, and it's only, you know, 
it was only about 50 blocks, but man, he, he filled me up for the day. He was really a great guy. So you just never know what's, what's ahead when you step into the darkness. So here's our challenge for you and for us for the month of September in your gratitude journal. And even if you haven't been doing this with us for the, for the whole year, as many listeners have, let's, let's invite you to just join for this month. If you don't have a gratitude journal, grab an old notebook somewhere or put it on your computers, set up a little gratitude file on your computer or your phone. And this month, this is the challenge. Let's read it very slowly and let's let this sink in because this is a very special and very unique kind of gratitude that we doubt very many people have ever tried before. So this is the challenge. Give up on control. Now remember this, honey. Yeah, I know. I, well, <laughs> you know, you write for yourself. You write, you write the, the yeah, things you yourself. need, right? And yep. This book was largely written to me because I'm a control freak and I'm really trying to get over it. And, and you are doing a lot better. And you don't need this so much, Linda. Linda's always, Linda, I've, I've always envied the fact that Linda's sort of naturally serendipitous. Um, no, I think you're naturally serendipitous too, but control is sometimes okay, a problem. So, let's okay. start with, so. so give up on control. Write down in your book each day something that you are glad you don't consciously control. Now, think about that. We usually write down the things we can control. They're the things we're grateful for. But this month, write down one thing each day that you're glad you don't consciously control. And that that can be from things like that are internally automatic, like your digestion or your tear ducts. Or your sweat glands. Aren't you glad you don't control those things? Aren't you glad you don't no, have to say, oh, no. my gosh, I'm, I'm really hot out here. I better turn on my sweat glands. Oh, Aren't yeah, you but glad if, that they're automatic? But what if you're getting up to give a speech and you wish you could control your red face or sweating or whatever it is that's, yeah, but that's going on? But you're probably glad you don't because that gives you that adrenaline. Yeah, you that's true. You probably do better. That's true. Aren't you glad you don't have to turn on your, your digestive system each time you eat? I mean, there's so many... There's so much that we are grateful for that we don't control. Yeah. Or it could be something as unexpectedly external as the weather or the sunsets. I mean, if you had to conjure up a sunset or control one or push a button or whatever, or call one up whenever you wanted, you would never be able to appreciate them the way you do because they are spontaneous. They're, they're something that just happens. So think how glad you are to observe and enjoy and benefit rather than controlling everything. It Get really is. Idea? Yeah, that is really great. I mean, we wouldn't want to control the things that are beyond our control in most cases sometimes, yeah. but not in most cases. But it really is amazing. That if we can just look at every day with serendipity, um, whatever happens, happens. It is going to be so much easier on ourselves. And I'll predict that a lot of the things that end up in your thankful book or your gratitude journal this month are things exactly that are really wonderful examples of serendipity and of how powerful serendipity can be. And again, remember, 
Serendipity is something you didn't plan, but it's a good thing that you noticed, that you saw. And it could be something as simple as a sunset, or it could be meeting uh, a new friend, or it could be getting into having a little impulse to get in touch with someone else who you haven't seen for right. a long time. Right, it's fun. To so, so, so this month, don't put the standard things in your gratitude journal, like health or beauty. Put the things that are serendipity, the things that just happen, the things you don't control. And it'll be a wonderful month. I think it will be for us and for you. Final thought is on, we've got to get one more reminder out about this grandparenting seminar. Which we're starting right away. I mean, we're into September. We're going to hopefully greet many of you who will be listening on September 11th which has a ring to it. but That's um, Grandparents Day, by the way. It's also Grandparents Day besides <laughs> September 11th. And uh, so we really hope that you'll join us. That's just a short little 30-minute get-to-know-you um, or get-to-know-us, maybe if you have friends that are joining that have not known about this. We are excited about this, as you so might have like, noticed. Like, what are the years talking about? I don't even know about this. We're doing a grandparenting seminar on Zoom, six months, one seminar each month. Find out all about it by going to grandparenting101.com. That's easy to remember, grandparenting101.com, like a class. And if you're a parent, get your parents to go and join this class. We're going to have a lot of fun. And as for Ayers on the Road, thanks for being with us for another week. We appreciate you. Good luck with your gratitude and... We'll hope to see many of you on the Grandparenting Seminar. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Bye.